You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. 40 years ago, this is Emeritus Rex with Rabbi Ruvain Yeshua Pupko of Beth Israel, Beth Aaron. Well, as the year careens toward its end, um, I don't know if you're finding more people attending the synagogue. I, I know there's going to be a gaggle in the, of, of, of people coming in as the Yom Naroyim uh, come upon us. Uh, but as these dog days of summer wither away, and we know that we're coming towards Rosh Hashanah, uh, I think about Mincha Marev at the Beit HaKnesset. Um, it seems to be, in a way, a, a sort of a different different spirit there than there is in the morning. And I want to ask you a question that many rabbis have posed to me, young rabbis who I have been sort of a mentor and a sounding board for. They say, um, what should I learn between Mincha Marev? We got the people there anyway. It's a captive audience. I might have asked this question to you before. What should I do? And of course, you I, the best answer is, I think, before you pontificate on this, is that you have to teach what you know. In other words, if you if you're passionate about something, and there's something you really care for, you should be able to give it over. The only difference is, though, unlike a TED talk or a drasha or it's a learning group where I have to, this is maximum, right? The maximum amount of time. What's the maximum amount of time that you want that minchan mara break to be? <coughs> about I what? Personally, I wouldn't want it more than six minutes, but I understand it going to ten. Somewhere between six and ten minutes. Wow. So, and, and you know there's going to be at least 40% of the people staring at their cell phones or their watches. Right, they just want to get out of there. Also, it's very much dependent on the time of year. That means in Montreal, our earliest mincha is, in the winter, is like 4.05. Right? And it was very interesting. You know, the, when I first came here, so who goes to Mincha at four o'clock in the afternoon in a, in a, in a what others would call a suburb? I mean, who's around at four o'clock? Retired people. Right. So the old guys would come. Now they're all dead. Um, right. Uh, they're all dead. Uh, and <laughs> and um, they should have a lichting on them. Right. And so who comes to Mincha? So COVID was great for that. COVID was great for Mincha Meyerv because you had a lot more people working at home. Mm-hmm. Who could come over from in Khmerev, yeah. and and a, a lot of young guys who you would normally be in school where where you know we're studying remote, you know. So, so, so they they would still come in. It's tough, but in the summer, it can and, be extraordinarily and, late. And, it can be unbelievably late. I think. So therefore, you. Were, I think. I think what you're getting at is that in the winter, a person doesn't mind, especially if it's the old right. man sitting next to you. He doesn't mind six, seven, eight, nine minutes. Right. When it becomes summer, when it's already sort of eight, eight o'clock, I can't see our okay, latest. Min, I'm trying to remember when our latest minche is. So I think it's like one second. It's around also, nine. Oh, wow. Oh, it's I, nine o'clock. Wow. By us, it's about and, eight. And so it's really late. <laughs> it's really late. You've already eaten dinner. You're tired. You're miserable. So, you, you know, and it's now and right now, minche in my show right today, this week is 10 after seven. So that's just, it's nishtehel nishtehin, right? Some people have eaten dinner, some people haven't. You know, and, you know the, who's there? You know, um, it's, we don't we don't have a problem making a minion, but you know, no one's anxious to stick around that long. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so you got to, I think you got to move a little, you got to be a little tighter on that. But listen, the, the, the learning between Mincha Meyer plays three roles. Learning, Kaddish, a trigger for Kaddish to Rabbanon, and, uh, and you don't want to, you want to push a little passive Shkia for Meyer. Um, so, uh, you see, I, I, have, I have to tell you in my show, and again, I'm, all the thousands of listeners will, will know who, what, which show that is, when there's, again, when there's no rabbi there and Shkia has passed, Hurachum <laughs> is the first thing. Oh, for say. sure. Yeah, 100%. When there's no rabbi, when there's no person who's right. In other words, when we, were deep, when we were in deep COVID, we stopped learning between Mincha Meir. We scheduled Mincha a little bit later than usual so that we would hit Shkia. So because the idea was limit the time you're in Shul, right? right. That was a big thing for COVID. Limit the time sure. you're, you know, cut out whatever you can. So during COVID, for I think for a year and a half, we didn't learn between Mincha Meir. Mm-hmm. We were just moving. People right. loved it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Now, in Shulchan Aruch, of course, it does talk about having a Dvar Halacha. It actually talks about learning Halacha before you leave the Beis HaKnesses. It's in Shulchan Aruch. And there is, of course, the idea of being Machaber Yom Velay when having learning at night as well. The people who are going to have Storm, it's a different thing. But you have your Balabatim. So if you say learning, to get some learning in. But the, the problem that people came to me for, as I said earlier, was, I don't know what works, Rabbi. Right. I try well, here's, here's the approaches I've seen is like uh, Mishnayis. You know, you go through Masechta, you, you go, you know, night by night learning a Mishnah, which oh. which I think is demanding. I think is demanding. Sure it is. You know, you got to make it. Not every Mishnah is easily, <laughs> easily taught. That's right. Right. And and, 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 and your audience. I've seen a show in Lincolnwood where they give out the Mishnayis texts to everyone, but right? That, but that was, that's unusual to be able to actually hold forth in five minutes and give over a Mishnah well. When no, it's a challenge. No and they don't have the, the words aren't there. You, I, I, I'm teaching your Shalmi now, and of course the Mishnayis and the Gemara that I'm right. is all from the Seder Zeroyim. These are things that without a, a, a blackboard and showing people right, it's tough to do. So you, depending on the Masech, it can be very tough to do. Mishnayis are tough. But a lot of people I know do, you know, uh, you know, do Mishnah Bura, which is more accessible. I mentioned to you before we came on air, the Shorman Shana Bahalacha, which is, is, it's Kitzer, right? Isn't it? It's basic, basically, well, basically it's, it's, it's like some, there's been many people that have attached themselves to parts of the Kitzer Shulchan Aruch. Right. Chaya Odom, less so, but right. they take, they've taken these. And, and they, you know, and it's updated with good Marmachimus, more practical right. stuff. Right. That's they, a great they, thing they, for the use. They, yeah, Brawny punches it up per- beautifully. Great yeah. Talmud Chacham, who actually, I think, exercised um, what w- we don't have anymore. He exercises uh, brevity, and, and yet he's able to bring interesting sources uh, without, you know, footnotes that, that overwhelm you. Right. And uh, so the Sharm Tzamin Alocha is probably at least you can start with the kids there, but you still need a little bit of literary skill on the part of the people listening, or at least familiarity, right, with some right. parts of Aloha. Um, the, the, I've spoken to some, and there's like the rabbi in the show now decided he's going to do Hilchas Tshuva. Um, and right, I was thinking about that actually. Hilchas Tshuva, I'll, I'll tell you the fear. The fear rabbis have in El is, is interesting, is that I might want to use this on Yontif, so I can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, can, so yeah. if a guy's going to start teaching Hilchus Shuva, he better well know what he's talking about on Shabbat Shuva, that he doesn't need to talk about this. 
Right. So in other words, well, wait, so you're assuming that the people at at, at the Mincha Mahar were listening to it, actually registered it, I and, know, then, it, and, and then remembered it when he was trying to to, to recycle it. That they're going. Listen, to I, I, I mean, listen. There are there are these young idiotic guys who call themselves rabbis who you start hearing from in June and July that they're already nervous about their drushes for Rosh and Kippur. I mean, that's lunacy. You know, they're preparing, they're writing, they're preparing. I, I don't even know what those words mean. And um, well, not everybody is as great off the cuff as you. I mean, you, no, I, I'm not off the cuff. I actually prepare, but I don't think about it in June or July. I think about it, you know, three weeks before Yantiv. And um, right, but but I'm I'm saying you need you need your bullet points, and then you allow your natural talent to connect. Others right. others actually write. I, you missed a word. I think you missed a word there. Natural, extraordinary talent. <laughs> yes, yes. Your preternatural, preternatural <laughs> talent. <laughs> but but you know, because people want like phrases that come to their mind, like uh, and as we talked about the RCA sermon handbooks, you know, right, right. that you want to do. But I guess the point is, is that is it about halacha? Is it about musar? Is it about? Um, Oh, Francis, I would tell you something about Minchamar. The same concept applies to Minchamar. What I mean by that is, the truth is, maybe what people should be doing to Minchamar is Parshas Shavuot. In other words, leading up to Shabbos, you know, every day you take a medrash or, or you know, a question of the Parsha. That would be maybe the most accessible thing to everyone there. Okay, so right? I actually, I was a functioning rabbi at one time, and one of the things that I pushed, I tried, was Sefer Achinuch. But that only works with partios that have decent right. amount of mitzvahs. And you're right; most people who are not, you know, died in the world. Right. So the reason the rabbis don't do parshavu is because they're scared to death they're not going to have anything to say on Shabbos. Unless you have a parsha like the one we're recording this right. week. Right. If you have to say it's very easy. That's right. You can do anything. I mean, you, you, can, you got oh, every, you got everything from Katsipur to Amalek. I mean, you yeah, can do whatever you, you know. Right. And that is something. But yeah, it, and the problem is also. I find that people, rabbis, aren't consistent. Like, this week I'm going to do Sichas uh, Musa. Yeah, I think it's better to be consistent. I, I think it So is. at least in that shul, they know this is what it's done. I heard from Rav Nota Greenblatt Satsal that in Lita, what they did was between Menachemar was Chayodam. Chayodam, Chayodam. And, 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 and there's a fellow in my shul that recycles the kitzer when the rabbi's not there. I actually think that Chayodam um, is a little more challenging in a way because... Right. Yeah, even though in terms of who was a bigger Tamachachim, that's not the question. The Kitzer was written a lot more folksy than the Chayodim. And, right. And in and, and, and Lita, that's what it was. And I, That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's yeah, yeah, the Lithuanian uh, Balabas was different. Where are we taking the American-Canadian Balabas in between Menachemar? Should we be taking him anywhere? That's really that, that's really the question. Um, I, do, you, do you expect when you, I know you don't do it anymore in your show, um, we'll talk about that in a second. But do you expect, if you're watching it, are you happier when there's some interaction going on, like where someone's raising his hand? No, no, it depends from whom. Listen, all shows are blessed with a variety of people. Mm-hmm. There are people who have trenchant comments to make, and there are those who just want to show how smart they are or think how smart they are. Yes. You know, we have all different kinds of people, you know? Um, and, um, and some people's comments are valuable. Some people's comments are not. Um, but um, and the rabbi really has to exercise a little bit of caution and understanding how to answer these questions. Because... Listen, listen, I, I'm an old, cantankerous, bitter rabbi, so you know I, I get away with stuff that no younger rabbi would ever attempt. 
you know, I can insult people, you know, I can denigrate them, humiliate them, you know, because, you know, I'm from the Vardic, so I believe it helps their neshama to be humiliated. But any stand-up comic will tell you when he gets hecklers, you got to know how to deal with that in a way that they're going to come back. Listen, listen some people, I, I, listen, most, you know, whenever I'm encountered, it's mostly intelligent comments. Obviously, there's, it's, I think the challenge of Benchamayr is a different challenge. I think that and any most shuls, I think, maybe I'm out of date. When you get up in Chamayev, you have a lot of different kinds of people in front of you. You got the two guys who are saying Kaddish for their mother, who you know who never opened a safe for their life, and you got guys there who are certainly you know involved in the world of learning. So you you have to try to pick something that is that can at least be understood by you know on a different levels, but can be understood by everybody. You try. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, it's now, not now, possible. now you mentioned before we started recording when I asked you that whether you do it, you said I haven't done it in years. Who's the one who does it in Montreal? Okay, Montreal has has a weird. What any when I grew up, there was the fellow in Shul who was the Balkaya, who you know made sure the Sidurim were repaired, who you know who dominated a little bit was called the Shabbos. For some reason, Montrealers a hundred years ago decided it was. A derogatory term. I never saw it. Then I saw the shamans as a holy Jew who spent his life closely based medlish. Right. I mean, so I, you were talking about was uh, the guy in the show, Mr. Blotnik. Right. I think in English they would translate it as the beetle or the sexton. Yes, the beetle. I don't know if sexton, yes. Yeah, those, those were words that you were used to hear the many hundred years ago. So in Montreal they changed it to a chazan shani, which assumes a chazan rishon, which is not always the case. Yes. But there's a chazan shani. They call it a chazan shani. Well, yeah, it's about Kaira, somebody who's around, you know, I like to call them the maitre d' of the synagogue, right? <laughs> you know, the guy that helps the guy put on tefillin, they, you know, helps him with the, you know, a novel with, with, with Kaddish, you know, he's around, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, a, a guy who comes to show the retail. He's issued a paycheck from the show? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's it's a highly lucrative position. <laughs> yes, and uh, so we have a Chazan Shady who, I used to do between him and Chamarv, but honestly, I, I'm very inconsistent in attendance. Uh, you know, there are, there are months where I won't miss a single Minchamayev, and then there are weeks where I'm barely there at all because, you know, the nighttime, depending on when Mincha is, can be the time I'm scheduled to be a million other places, whether it is Simcha or, 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 or teaching somewhere or whatever. So uh, depending on the time of year. But uh, so I, I handed it over to my cousin Shane. He does a good job. And he's learning halacha mostly. I gave him the Sharma Psino Balach. I think I, I'm the one who suggested that to him and he's doing doing that quite successfully and it's very nice right now now you say that you miss mincha marif but chakras i know you're pretty good at that oh chakras i'm hitting shul every morning I, I, you know unless i have to be at a bar mitzvah or bris somewhere else and uh no because if a rabbi misses chakras it means he's lazy if a rabbi misses mincha marif it means he's busy so it's okay to miss chakras I mean, okay, to miss Mitzvah I got to edit that. Yeah, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. If a rabbi's missing shots, I, I, I remember. Wait, I remember how they would come to the dorm. We would come to the dorm, others, me and others, to wake you up. You know, because let's say, listen, when you were in high school. Time, Listen, if you went to Minion every morning in Yeshiva, there was something wrong. With you. Yes, there was. Right. There was and something then, seriously wrong. Right. And, and we had to get you up because the uh, the Mashkiach was making a raid. To, right. so, we, so you wanted to be, even though you weren't the davening, you didn't want to be caught. No, uh, I would uh, jump out the window. 
Yes, right, right, right. You don't want the Meshkin to walk in and then pull no. the covers over and say, No, 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 get the poop call, get the poop call, get the. <laughs> what is Mitzi? What is Mitzi? No, but everyone knew. And yeshiva was the rule. If you were an Eloy, you came late, you didn't you didn't go to Davening, and you came late for first Seder. Yeah. That was it. And if you weren't that smart, you were there on time. <laughs> or maybe you wanted to offend. This is them. obviously a product of my own imagination, what I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you, it's always, you know, be, being an Eloy comes by acting like an Eloy. <laughs> you acted in, and Nary Yisrael was full of a lot of great Eloyish actors, I will tell you that. Right. We, it was almost like, hey, we are the Slabotka of Maryland. Let's, right, we're the Slobodka, right, exactly. Let, let, let's act like the old William of, of Right, Slobodka. we have these imaginary ideas in our, you know, in our heads. That, right. you know, but, that we, but I, our... I actually lionized these people. When I was in high school, these guys that never came to morning say, never came to davening, never came, and you'd see them come in the base medrash late and, or stay, and they'd be up at night, you know, walking around, smoking, and, you Fresh know. days of hope before the season actually begins. And every team imagines themselves with the Lombardi Trophy in February. Mm. Uh, the football season is about to get underway. I think you're trying to be like John Facenda from NFL yes, Films. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, I think so. <laughs> and for the first time in 18 years, we fans of the greatest sports franchise uh, in history uh, are for the first time going to see a new quarterback uh, in the uh, uh, with the Steeler jersey. We're not going to see our old friend Ben Roethlisberger, a man of piety and righteousness. Instead, we're going to see Mitch Trubisky and maybe uh, in a couple of games after Mitch, you know, doesn't do well, we get to see the rookie quarterback from the University of Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett. Is that so? I love the fact that, you know, so many have made that uh, that the Pittsburgh area uh, is at the Aliquippa Al- 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 Valley was the sort of like the the bedrock and the source of so many great football players. They talk about Namath came from there, Montana. But oil is to Texas, quarterbacks is to Pittsburgh. What? Yeah. We grove quarterbacks. But th- that area around Dan Marino, Joe Namath. Yes, the Aliquippa Valley. Um yeah. and it's great that that so many, you know, when we talk about even Montana and Marino, Italians, right? Trubisky from Poland, Rafelsberger some sort of German Austrian fellow. It's great to see that good old like American immigrant steel worker, right? We're, you know, being like the Grabowskis that used to have. Yeah, that's what you want. Listen, you want people don't know Bronco, Bronco Nagurski. The, the, the old Polish European names, they're out there because as Pittsburgh, you know that's what Pittsburgh does. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh produces the greatest the greatest football players. You know, I people don't know this. I actually attended Nair Yisrael Yeshiva on an athletic scholarship. Yes, yes, yes. You were definitely you were highly, <laughs> you were highly recruited. I, I'm not sure exactly who it was that, re- <laughs> that recruited you. You went on to be a scout someplace else, I think, in Stanford. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yes, yes. But we yeah. had it. We had it. We went to Yeshiva with a guy whose name used to be Murray Rappaport. By the time he came to us, he was Moish Rappaport, who went to who played high school football in Pittsburgh. Do you remember Moish Rappaport? He ended up being a moil in, in, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had come right out of Alderdice High School, one of the great high schools of Pittsburgh. He was a Valtruva. And, uh, and, the, and it, my memory may be warped on this, but so everyone knew he had played high school football in a real high school football program, right. not very pro. And when we went out to play football the first Friday he was in Yeshiva, uh, he broke his leg. 
<laughs> and he lived, like he could, he could survive like the, the titans of high school football in Pittsburgh, but couldn't survive one Friday on the frozen tundra of Maryland. On Mount Wilson Lane. <laughs> on Mount Wilson Lane. Um, yeah, I, I, I do remember, of course, uh, we've talked about this already, about our, we were the, we were the referees for the great Yeshiva Machina game where the high school played the base medrash. Uh, yeah, that was that was like a glorious game to be uh, to be involved in, or the or where it was the seniors versus the ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade. That was also a, a great game, the all star aspect of the game. But um, but the main I, thing I, is the the uh, the yard markers where our yeah. bathroom where our bathrobe belts bathrobe ties. Basically, on, <laughs> thir- on Thursday night we went through the hallways and saying, everybody, you have to donate, and we that's what we had to see if it was a first down or not. <laughs> um, yes, I, I still remember one of your great Pittsburgh fellows, uh, No Sox Burger. He was a uh, he, he was a surprise. A lot of times you never expected there was there was like No Sox Burger was this guy you thought you know he, he would have been great you know smoking weed somewhere and he probably still, right. and and all of a sudden he shows up on a Friday and he's sort of a, a small fellow right but, but shifty as you and as as, as Red Grange. Like on the thing, um, and it was it was it was, it was, it was I actually went in 1971 to Game Five of the World Series. Oh, we're not talking about football anymore. No, we went to Game Five of the World Series together. Me, me, and No. Oh, Sox. you and No Socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went. We went to we went to the fifth game of the World Series together. We were both uh, 12 or 13 years old, and um, and his father got tickets because his father was a printer who printed the Pirates tickets. Yeah. He had two tickets. He took me to the game. Nelson Bryles pitched. Nelly uh, was, Bryles, wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. He, he it was the game. The game four was the first night game in World Series history. Bruce Keeson came on, pitched six in the third innings in relief of shot out ball, and we won that game. And that was Clemente's series. That was Clemente was the most valuable player, and we sat. In game five, yeah, okay. We talk about the pitch for quarterbacks, none of them really match that immigrant. Well, you know, from he was from Puerto Rico, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, was Roberto, yes, he died. He was going to help his old uh, islands there, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, we, we talk about people's excitement about football, which I don't know if it's waned or not. I think a little bit with COVID, what's really been eliminated, I don't think people care about at all. Which was a big thing when I was growing up in the Yom Nirayim was was the, was the series. There were so many people coming into Shul with talking about what was going on because at that time Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, especially in a like this year where it's a little bit pushed late, would would many times conflate as we know with of course with Sandy Koufax with the with uh, Yom Nirayim. I remember in Shul that there was a fellow uh, with you know. You thought it was a hearing aid, but it was he's actually was actually listening to the game. It was. I a, had the same experience. I remember walking to the bathroom on Rosh Hashanah. Maybe it was Yom Kippur. Yeah. The Sandy Koufax series. What year was that? Sixty four. When was that? Right. I have to look it up. And I walk into the, I walk in the bathroom. In Moish Wheeler, of blessed memory, of past president of my father's show, who ended up in prison, uh, who was <laughs> in, in the bathroom with a couple of guys. You know, I remember it was an earphone or something listening to the game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this was 
this this showed you really how America it was America's game, America's pastime. And you know, baseball, I think, you know, whether it was the, the, drugs, the, the, the drug scandals, whether it was the drug scandals or, or steroids. Yeah. I think part of it really, you know, and we get this, I think, oh, I've created the perfect segue. We started today with people's attention spans and in five or six minutes. Baseball demands a great too much attention. attention it does. And I think as the, the perfect, the challenge of Minchamars is really part of a global challenge of keeping people interested. And it's very difficult for people to be interested in a three or four hour baseball game. Yeah, yeah. Now listen, I mean, people who, don't, who didn't grow up with baseball go to a game and they can't figure out what people are doing. I mean, what are you doing? You're standing around, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You understand baseball, you'll love it. But if you didn't grow up with it, you know, you know, it's not, you're city youngest. It's, right. a, it's right. a real problem for people to get into it because it, there's a lot going on that you don't necessarily see right away. And sitting around for three hours, three and a half hours of the game, you know, is not something people want to do. Yeah. You know, hockey's always moving, basketball's always moving, football's always moving, baseball's not always moving. Let me end today with a, a, something that suggested itself to me um, uh, in my preternatural way of you know, things popping into my head. But I think this is really a, a good summation. One of the reasons why the World Series was considered the great thing, as you said, everyone wanted to know about, was because it pitted the the two best teams from the two leagues like the right. american league the national league part of it was they never played against each other so you, right. you, you accept the all-star game but based so this was like two worlds colliding you know which right first of all that that mystique listen i haven't gotten over the division into two div- of the leagues into two divisions i barely right. got over right. that right. Right. Four right. divisions now. I don't know how many there right. are. There's, but there's there's too many. Plus, they play each other during. They the, play each other, right? Right, right. You, you're going to have the Mets and Yankees playing each other. It's not like oh, a Subway Series. It happens. So that mystique is gone. But there's something else. Uh, an old friend of mine, um, uh, Jakob Abramson, said to me that he feels that the World Series was pretty much a way to generate money. It was sort. Of, it was sort of like the pennant should be it. The whole idea. Of, uh, of playoffs is really unfair because right. b- baseball, and again, here's my metaphor. Stay with me here for a second. 150 games, 164 games, whatever it is, Roger Maris, Babe Ruth. I'm just talking, I've been going with the Roger Maris, Babe Ruth asterisk over here because, right. you know, Maris gets the asterisk because it was more, more games that he was yeah. able to hit six. But Aaron Judge is going to beat him. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Hopefully. Okay, right. But here's the point. The point is, is that it's about the long run. Look what look what my record is in aggregate. Right, my yeah, record in aggregate. Your absolute pennant races meant everything in those days. Right, and right, and, you know the Giants win the pennant. Yes, because what happens is is that I showed over the long stretch how consistent I was. Yeah, I lost some games. So you lose. So now you go into a playoffs where whatever it is, it's it's unfair and it's very similar to you. And you get me on this. A vote of the whole year through L. And then we come to Yom Naroyim, right? So you could say, look, the pennant is the important thing. Let's take a look and see what you were most of the year. Most of the year, if you look at it, take out your cheshpan nefesh safer and take a look. You were in Roiv that's it. But for most people, what happens is it's that World Series mentality, that playoff mentality. Okay, now I'm here. I was zero before. Ramba Milchus I could be an Ishacher, Al-Manash, Gomer. And all of a sudden, it's the playoffs. And what are you now? And, and the Chayadim, who I mentioned earlier, 
is one of the uh, Machabrim who, who popularized the idea that the last week of the year can be Mesakin right, right. every week. And then the and then he goes on further and says that the the seven days whatever of chol of aserisimetruva can be masakin. Uh, right, right, every, right. And then you sort of get this World Series mentality. Yes, I made it. <laughs> and yet, perhaps we should think more really about the significance of the. No, the, the greatness of baseball was you're absolutely right, which isn't appreciated today. Was the being was being consistent over a year, proving your worth. Month after month after month, game after game, and and you don't have that in any other sport, right? Really. And, and 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 part of the reason we and the playoffs to, dilute that. Yes, and, and we had this 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 transformative idea. Look, I was a zero, but I I just barely snuck in. Now I'm the Cinderella team, right? I mean, now, what I don't understand is I hear guys on sports radio say things like, "Well, in the playoffs, you got to have good pitching." In the playoffs, he, what does that even mean? I don't even know what those words mean. Well, as we know from basketball as well, the, the, the regular season has become, you know, insignificant. Yeah. And players like LeBron and others take off. I, I know that, you know, I'm from Memphis, you know, and uh, Memphis has a basketball team called the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, yes. Yes, we've talked about how there are no Grizzlies in Memphis. I mentioned that before. We, right. uh, maybe there are, but, you know, I haven't seen them. The, the point, though, is, is that, People bought tickets a year or two in advance because they knew that that the Cavaliers or the Heat, right. whoever, that that he was going to come. Eh, I'm not going to Memphis. This is a. I'm not going to risk the fact of flying to this rinky right. out. And 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 they, people were up in arms. Yeah, there was. We, we expected the play, and you're right. The regular, oh, no, the NBA, the, the regular season is becoming less meaningful. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but it's, it's you're right though. The uh, the attraction, what made baseball great are values that we no longer value. That means consistency and, you know, and, 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 and patience, you know, long term, you know, that's not our part of our cultural language today. It isn't. Yeah, it's yes. about, you know, do it fast, do it quick and, and do it well. You know, yeah. baseball yeah. It was about do it consistently. And I think that really, you know, you, while you might not have the uh, the minchamarv, the people coming in minchamarv during the year, and they, but we we know that we can light that fire uh, when it comes towards the end of the year, and hopefully, uh, <laughs> what is it, uh, get out with the with that trophy, that trophy of avodas and avos Hashem. That really means something, and hopefully, you, you do become a champion in the real sense. Well, that's about it, my friends. We will check you out hopefully next time. Take care, everybody. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.